Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awesome, guys. Good evening again. Once again, that same time of the week. We all sit back to look at and deliberate as we can do differently to change the dynamics and a story as a people. As always, I promise to bring the best I can to the table every Sunday evening, same time, same place, t25cl.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is One on One with King Coco, host of the show. You can call him Triple A. I got it going, and it's not just going to stop till we get the job done. And this job has to be done by every person of interest because what we're talking about here bothers on every person's interest, integrity, image, brand, and what have you. So I welcome everybody back to this session. Uh, thank you guys for acknowledging the invitation and also want to say you guys are all welcome to the show for today. We have a very interesting topic and uh, that means uh, it's something that impacts on all of us as a people, as a country, as a race. So I don't need to overflow that issue. It's time we step up and control and direction of our destiny, socially, economically, democratically, politically, and internationally, because what impacts on one touches on everyone. We have been branded as the most ineffective race to 2.1 billion people cannot be effective. 2.1 people spread over the entire continents cannot be considered ineffective. We are only as good as we want to get because no other person is going to brand us the way we want to serve to be seen. I am giving you guys an insight into an awesome country, an awesome bunch of people, the most diverse collection of human beings bonded together, which is why we have our own peculiar issues. Uh, and that is equally the reason we are all stepping into the ring, throw our hearts into the ring, throw our integrity into the ring, throwing our resources into the ring, because it is very, very important. We've had generations pass, uh, but we are just going to let it be a generational defect because we're going to correct it in our generation. We are to talking about what's going on politically in the largest black country in the world, 200 million people with over 150 telephone connections, 
over 1.220 million internet connectivity with the largest digital bandwidth currently floating in the entire world, barely used by only 5%. We are talking about a place that is considered the richest black nation that produces oil. Nigeria is blessed with so much natural resources, hydrocarbon, agriculture, uh, minerals and the ground minerals that could actually sustain five countries, but we're still struggling. How long are we going to struggle? Are we going to let this struggle pass over to the next generation? That we're not part of this cause. We cannot transfer this cause. We cannot transfer this liability. We cannot transfer these problems as a people to the next generation. Those children did not choose where they come from. They just happened to be delivered in that geographical expression by God, by nature. So we cannot let them deal with what our parents created. The inadequacies of the last generation is bogging down the current generation. And we cannot let this go to the next generation. We have a job to do. And this job's got to be done by everyone because what happens to one impacts everybody we go deliberate we go find out we go ask why why we go keep asking why till we get to the root of why we are where we are i welcome everybody on the show one-on-one -on -one with king coco it's not gonna stop we got a job to do this gotta be delivered and i bet everyone today it's a story a journey that will not end till we get this sorted out. We have a generation that is plagued by the misfortune, mistakes, misunderstandings of a last generation. That generation, we've held them, but we've not held them accountable. So we're talking about holding people accountable, we're talking about bringing a whole new generation of leadership. We're talking about holding certain people to account for their deed because the, to be a leader you must be able to be accountable to your people you cannot lead without a vision we want to see how we can bring in vision leaders of vision leaders that's got a, a roadmap because we can't afford to keep bringing people that we end back say whoa how do we get there Regret don't solve problems. Self-pity don't solve problems. It's stepping up and stepping and take up the challenges that helps you navigate through these problems. We are out to speak about making Nigeria work again, making Nigeria work for every Nigerian, not just Nigerians in Nigeria, Nigerians in diaspora, and descendants of Nigeria that were taken out of Nigeria 400 years ago. We cannot keep disappointing generations after generations. That's the way they said it in Nigeria. You know, now we go rush them now. We're going to be rushing them, let them step up and give us reasons why they want to do what they want to do. So uh, it's going to be an awesome session.
it's going to be very, very interactive. We're going to bear in mind, we're going to be straight up. We're going to start putting up modalities to hold government responsible. We're not just going to give people power and go back and watch them abuse us, watch them abuse the legislature, watch them abuse judiciary. We have three sectors of governance. Everybody has their responsibilities. Let people be free to deliver their own duty based on what the constitution say. Nigerians, it's time to wake up. It's time to look again. That time of the year is back here. Politics is back on the table. Uh, but today, I'm gonna have a bunch of my brothers from all over the world talk to us why we should support the cause of Atiku Abubakar. Because we've always expected so much from a lot of people. But we've always been shortchanged because we never really decided and defined what we expect. So we're going to find time today to see if our expectation is commensurate with the leadership we're looking at in the man called Atiku Abubakar. Personally, I have a lot of respect for this guy because uh, he's been tenacious. The last time he went before he could went to buy his denomination form, he virtually cried. And I know he wasn't crying for us, but he was crying for a cause that seeks the proper leadership, a cause that seeks vision, a cause that seeks independence of mind, a cause that seeks the guarantee of tomorrow for a whole new generation. Nigeria is one of the greatest countries in the world. And I will say that in Times Square, I say that. In LAX, I share, I say that in Southwest Atlanta, I say that in the United Kingdom, and it will say that even the heart of where Nigerians don't find themselves coming often because it is time we step up, make the right choices. Because, like I always say, it's not what we do that's kept us down, it's actually what we have not done that's kept us down. So I welcome everybody who's on board and those that are listening from remotely. Uh, we anticipate a full house today. It's a two hour show dedicated to what, why, how can we hold Abubakar Atiku responsible for the next four years of redirecting and implementing a roadmap that will make all Nigerians feel like they are part of the country. I already know some of his antecedents. Awesome guy. He believes in true federalism. Same guy. Started speaking about, uh, what do you call it in Nigeria? Uh, restructuring the country. He's been around for a while. He's seen pitfalls why government failed. He's seen the dependency of the different sectors of the country leaning on the center without bringing something to the center. It's time for us to play back to our, where our primary strength lies. Let us all go back and redefine our story, reevaluate our capacity and rediscover our potential. From every aspect of Nigeria, there's enough from every part of Nigeria to bring to the table, just the vision to be able to produce and move these values to the center. Uh, today, I have two special guests on the show. Uh, Bashir on the show, as well as Uche Wabuku. And uh, 
I look forward to a very, very interactive session with these guys. These two guys represent a platform that is working seriously to ensure that their principle is delivered as the next president of Nigeria. After this brief um, advertorial, I will have to bring one after the other to start speaking with us. My part, as I promised, was to create a platform for people of African descent, wherever they are in the whole world, to be able to talk together, share ideas together, correct impressions together, correct misinformation of over 200 years about us, and now chart a direction and identify as a collective group that has the potential to lead the black race. The black wall is still waiting for Nigeria. If Nigeria kicks tomorrow, the whole world kicks. If Nigeria walks tomorrow, we have a reverse migration. If Nigeria walks tomorrow, we're going to have more white folks want to be Nigerians. If Nigeria walks tomorrow, then we can guarantee future for over 120 million young people. Nigeria, after China and India, has the largest population of young people. China has taken advantage of that in pushing workforce, technology workforce all over the world. India has taken advantage of that. They have the largest workforce in most developed countries. And this has a strong impact on their own local economy. So it is time for us to choose a leadership that will help discover the potential that is embedded in that youthful population of a country of over 200 million people. So guys, you're once again logged on to One on One with King Coco show running on Galaxy Talk Radio on the platform of www.t25cl.com. We have a family of entertainment, music streaming, sales of music, sales of, uh, of copyrighted stories, print in every form, because it's 24-7 radio. And I bet you uh, we'll seek your support in every little way because we are not that big of a company, but we're building a purpose. And the purpose we have decided to chase, we are not ready to leave that to anybody because it's our job to do and God provided this platform so we can keep doing this job every day. I thank everybody for tuning in. And I think I have my first guest on the show, Bashir. And I'm going to take your head on. I'm going to open up Bashir to come on the show and uh, start our session. Please welcome every other party to be on the show. Be ready with your questions, contributions. Let's be open with each other. Let's be straight up with each other. There's no need to try to 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 red tape or to or to go go play any situation. Let's bear it as it is. Let's define a new standard. Let's see why we could talk about Atiku as the next president of Nigeria. Uh, my brother Bashir, how are you doing? I'm good, Coco. How are you? Awesome, man. Awesome. Doing what I love to do most. Trying to find a way for my parents all over the world to be part of a new generation. Technology is moving apart from us. 
cultures moving apart from us, we have all it takes to be great. Uh, Bushir, tell me a little bit about Waziri Ajada. Fantastic. Let me start with this statement. It's a blessing. It's a blessing for us in this country and Nigerians, both in the country or in the continent or all over the world, to have Adija Chiku Abubakar as our potential and hopefully next president. Now, why do I say this? In Waziri Agenda, we believe in standards. We believe in quality. And we believe in results. Al-Hajjah comes with tremendous, rich background. And Waziri Agenda is committed to X-raying this background, interpreting the significance of this background in the importance it offers to resolving the Nigerian problem. The Waziria agenda is committed to helping define the yearnings of what Nigerians need from their great leader. And Waziri Agenda is committed to laying the foundations, sending the messages that will, God willing, represent the milestones that the new leadership will instill in his administration, which we believe is the yearning of all Nigerians all over the world. Awesome, guys. Uh, well, I would say that uh, we're going to have to dig in much more, bro. Uh, so reserve a couple of much compliments by the end of the show. We're sharing that compliments, too. Because yeah. uh, by, uh, 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 Waziri Abubakar is not someone that should be introduced to an average Nigerian. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but um, as normal. We easily bandwagon on a lot of things. Sometimes we don't even define our stake in the whole situation. And sometimes we define, we define our stake on very, very personal capacity. And so at the end of the day, uh, when someone feels he's done it, he's made it out of it, he's homebound, you know? So, uh, I totally appreciate your effort. We all have to stand for something or you fall for nothing. Uh, I'm aware of the man Atiku Abubakar. I'm aware of his liberal mindset about a lot of things. I'm aware of his economic uh, exploit. I'm aware of a whole lot of able to put out there. I'm equally aware of what some people try to brand him on the internet, uh, which is the subject of that needs verification. Why do you think 
Abubakar Waziri Atiku has a solution to Nigerian problem. Beautiful. You couldn't have asked anything better with that. Now let's go back to history. Nigeria witnessed a reorganization of its economy between 1999 to 2007. Atiku Al-Haji Atiku Abu was part of that process. Now, we have a leader that participated, had an active role participation in redesigning, reorganizing the future Nigeria at that point in time. So what are we looking at at that point? We're looking at experience in public governance. We're looking at experience in economic reconfiguration. We witnessed the transformation that this country was able to evolve from that era. That is on that. So we have public governance. Then, as an individual, has been able to make tremendous impact in the public sector by his various investments that has gainfully provided a lot of employment to Nigerians. Now, what do we take away from that? We take away experience. Now, we're looking at a situation whereby there are experiences from both angles. We have experience public sector on the national level, economic re-engineering. Then we have experience from the private sector, which has to do with employment generation. And I can tell you, King Coco, involving a business or an enterprise to consistently grow over time requires foresight, innovation, tenacity, and aptitude. Now, this gentleman has been able to demonstrate all this by virtue of those uh, growth within that sector. Now, we have a leader that has the capacity, that has demonstrated this capacity in public service by virtue of the service. Do not forget, I'm simply referring to from 1999 till 2007, that is public service. But he's been active, he's been active in politics again. So we have a leader that encompasses three background knowledge in terms of public service, in terms of private sector, and in terms of politics. Now, Nigeria today, where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in a situation whereby the economy is largely behind. Unemployment is at its all-time high. We need innovative solutions. Current leadership is unable to provide this. Now, here we have a team led by the that possess the prerequisite knowledge. The prerequisite knowledge. They've done it before and they are looking for the opportunity to do it again. 
So we're not just conversing for a personality that is just sentimental. No. There is the track record. There is the credential. There is the testimonial that justifies all this. So we believe, and I personally believe, a combination of excellent public service record, excellent private sector participation fused together. And you see, the most important thing I want to also recognize is that in his public sector, in the public sector participation, he's been he's involved in the education sector. Education, we know, is the driver of information. And we're in the 21st century, which information is the currency of the 21st century. So we have a leader who is actively involved in the education sector, has active experience in the public sector, fused together, fused together. My brother, uh, let me let me just come yes. in there, you know, uh, because um, yeah. I, I intended to have us a very very interactive session. It's just so sad that most of those were expected to come on here to bring their own perspective, for one reason yes. or the other. I'm chatting with a bunch of your guys right now who play all kinds of excuses, but uh, that doesn't fly with me because the same thing you did to get on board the program is what everybody else got to do. But you know, uh, we always are uh, taking granted till the last minute. We try to look very desperate and miss opportunities. But that having been said, uh, leadership is about vision. Sometimes, yes, uh, it's about vision, and uh, we have not been lucky as a country of men of vision. As a matter of fact, the biggest problem of leadership in Nigeria is not corruption. It's about vision. Because with vision, you can actually see the bigger picture. With vision, you can actually see potentials and where to focus your priorities, limited resources are. With vision, you can actually get people to love you and give you the free hand to do everything you want to do. Okay. So uh, I don't think that uh, it's about history, it's about what you've done but more importantly with vision it's gotta be with vision on the particular situation nigeria finds itself where does your, your candidate fall into this vision situation i'm talking about fantastic now why i took the time to go back about history is is unless you have experience then developing vision becomes concise, articulate, sustainable, because you, you look at the problems, then prefer solutions, and these solutions form your vision. And what is the vision the Ajiku Abubakar-led administration prefers? From now, all I can say is, one thing is for certain, it anticipates the scenario whereby growth in foreign direct investments will be witnessed. Employment generation in the ICT sector will be encouraged via opening the value chain that exists within both the tech ecosystem. Vision involves promoting quality education for all 
youth, secondary school students, and pupils. So the vision is quite holistic, but but vision comes with experience, and experience makes the vision sustainable. That is where I'm coming from. Uh, my brother, I appreciate I appreciate your input, but you know. Uh, we've been beaten too many times. Once beaten, twice shy. The third time, you're more like a fool. Nigerians have been made to look like fools because we've beaten over five times. Different people come with the same beautiful story. And I'm not holding anything out for Artiku because it has to do with what he's done. Uh, then uh, his prediction that he can ha he has a vision in business, he has a vision in education because to actually deploy the kind of... Uh, the kind of uh, uh, the kind of uh, academic institution is deployed in uh, in, in Adama, which I have personally visited. Uh, I have seen what impact that has brought to Nigeria, and I don't. I think I, I commend him for that. But let us take it away from. Let's not focus on article right now. What is typical problem in Nigeria? Because, like I will tell you. Where the population has a problem, the followership has a problem, the structure has a problem, the system as a whole has a problem. And uh, it, over time, we've neglected a lot of this impact on our society. And today, it is really, really catching up on us. Nigeria's problem today is as a result of nepotism, tribalism, negligence, ineptitude, lack of merit of over 40 years. Okay, we have the most unproductive workforce in the whole world. I am going to tell you that from Africa to anywhere because you want to match our numbers to the size of our, our population that are doing crap. Then you know that the job that has to be done is deep, it's deep. Nigerians have totally derailed as a country politically, educationally, economically, structurally into some abyss that is scary. It's just that we don't have any other country to go to. With this context in mind, keep up to go out of it. What can we say is our perspective on this issue? How do we get to where we are? Now, how we got to where we are? <sighs> it's it's a degenerative decline. It's a degenerative decline that has preceded past administrations going back 20 years. People are going to be factual about this scenario. Now, population growth itself. It's considered a major important in development for infrastructure, for social community initiatives. But witness a society whereby corruption consistently has been embodied in both the public and the private sector, thereby necessitating necessitating gridlocks in developmental projects and the impact and the results of this 
has affected the educational system, thereby leading to half-baked graduates. Now, having half-baked graduates come out of institutions of learning, you cannot expect productivity to be part of their input. As a result of lack of productivity, once again, outputs become manicure, not efficient, not effective, which brings about systematic breakdown within the society, all aspects of the society. What I'm saying is something that is replicable. Again, functional society, both social and the economic aspect, the infrastructural context, it is. So it has been a degenerative decline over years. But the impact, because everything that keeps on degenerating gets to a point whereby the, the, the adverse consequences is seen, and that's what we're witnessing now. The huge population explosion, infrastructure transported. We have limited uh, economic activities to support the population, to support social economic development. So really, we are in a, we're almost at Amegadon. Let me put it that way. We're almost at that point. Yo, yo, listen, listen, listen. You just took me somewhere right now because I, one thing I've known, I, I, I don't want to say it. I'm always, I've, to say we are at a threshold this election will determine a lot of things for that country this election cannot sustain another four years of visionless leadership this election corruption is everywhere in the world but nigerian last current government has made it look like only in corruption is a Nigerian word. Corruption is an English word, which means it's always been all over the place. Nigeria is the only country that individuals that are corrupt are made to look like is the company's image. I bet you a lot of your kids out there have never had an opportunity to be government, never had an opportunity to manage any company. They've never done anything corrupt. But it is the only country that has made it look like corruption is a Nigerian word. This particular government, the same government has stepped out there to say all Nigerian youths are lazy. The same government with its inefficiency has made Nigeria from the richest black country in Africa to, a, to the poorest today, the same government so I have a peculiar issue when it comes to this government. But our system is seriously flawed. Atiku, being the nice guy he is, who's got so many people milling around him, always being the boss, I'm worried because I don't see what's going to really change with him because he cannot be too nice and, and help Nigeria. You might have a perfect vision, but how about those that implement your vision? What are the KPI? What are the key performance indices to evaluate your vision? How are you protecting your vision? What is the follow-up to implementation? So we have a peculiar problem. I want you to say something about that word, Amagidon. It's scary. I don't know what you think about it. It's really, really scary, but I know it's for real. So you have to say it as it is. Why 
do we push ourselves to a threshold of total collapse? Nigeria has been used as an example of a failed state in, in Harvard. You see, those of us that live out here have opportunity to look from outside. How did we get to become an amalgam? Let's put it real. Let's say it as it is. Let's move this forward. Beautiful. You couldn't have narrated it better. How to be accountable. Let's look at what has happened. Who has alleged Chukwuabuka choosing as his second, as his lieutenant? The composition of his first choice demonstrates to you that the choice of his team that he's going to put together to form and deliver his mission composes of men that are professional, that have credentials, that have pedigree. So in delivering in a solution to what we the systematic uh see today it's simply in the most in the most uh simplified context i can put it it's simply a matter of putting together a dynamic team that recognize the impact of the systematic breakdown and are capable of addressing it both even though that is the solution Identifying, identifying the competence is where vision and leadership comes in. And this is why our choice of Alessia Achifu Abouwaka, we believe in that capacity to identify talent that is needed to resolve solutions. It's evident in the choice of the vice president. Uh, uh, everybody, uh, my brother, my brother, Bashir, Bashir, uh, you know, I totally support the cause of this because anybody else is better than Buhari. And this is the same comment that was made, anybody else is better than <laughs> Jonathan. That's the same thing we said. When we did not, because we, 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 we're all tired. I'm telling you, Nigerians are all tired from every walk of life, rich and poor, Muslim and Christians are all tired. They wish the system works. We're all tired. You know, and it's really embarrassing that a country that produces all the most intelligent people, some of the most celebrated people, all of all, we had a black guy who is a pathologist in America that after many years of football in America, you know, is a religion, was just able to diagnose the situation and find out that most players, football players in America always end up in very bad shape because of, uh, because of the nature of the game. And today he's able to win a lot of uh, money for all footballers to be paid for whatever reason they have to be able to pay a certain amount of money to take care of themselves. So we've been very awesome people. We've been successful outside. Nigeria used to be the most successful team, successful athletic team, success any band Nigeria cultural team went in the used to be the most successful. But we have met the who represents Nigeria in everything, and that has taken it too far. How can, uh, how can your principle? You know what I'm saying. You see, it's one thing to wish a queen there. It's another thing to to try to deliver. 
his full capacity. Nigeria does not need 50% capacity. It needs a government that could deliver 150% to make us catch up. So let me just take another guy. I have another guy on the phone. Let me not just bother you, but I'm going to come back to you, Hal, because you're my special guest for the show. So I'm going to hear you as much as I can. You go out here to sell your candidate, but keep it real. Let's stay focused on certain areas. And uh, I have Roland. I want to hear from Roland. Roland, how are you doing? Where are you calling from, bro? Is Roland there? On vacation, okay, my brother. I have my boy, man here from 510, that's California. Uh, my brother, I want to you've been listening for a little bit. I just want to you've been listening to what we've been saying. What is the peculiarity with Nigeria, and what kind of leadership does Nigeria require to get out of this quagmire? Well, the king Coco. On 101. But I think uh, my bros, there is the 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 uh, Atiku camp have uh, quite a bit of a strong card to play. One, the the leadership of Nigeria tomorrow rests on a visionary leader. That's number one. And a visionary leader that have been able to prove uh, something in the way of uh, human capacity development. That's what you look at. You look at the future, not just the today. So if we've seen the division of American-style leadership, American-style academics, American-style entrepreneurship, so uh, he should leave. Because... Um, with the uh, vision of uh, developing the mind and the research institute, because without research, nothing goes. We still be recycling whatever is there with their pen and uh, and uh, report. <laughs> nothing tangible. No good hospitals. No good uh, academic. No strong academic institutions. Even though. Uh, there are templates that should be followed. So. I believe that uh, the Atiku team, and then uh, I'm in. And we should look at what could be deployed in the immediately, you know, to pretty much uh, move the system forward, energize the economy, uh, create microemployment. Because Nigeria is uh, loaded with uh, entrepreneurial minds, just give them the enabling environment, you know, uh, micro funding, and you know, how can somebody that is selling peanuts go and bring uh, one, uh, one 1.5% of uh, equity in doing what? The home? No, give them some money to kind of uh, buy more peanuts and pretty much uh, buy more skillets, and then the, the other folks will make money. So I think uh, the leadership that I have heard and I've researched and um, he's an entrepreneur by, by heart and uh, uh, understood what uh, reaching out to the diaspora means. Because I've, uh, I've interacted with the team that came with Atiku here in Sacramento. Uh, and uh, without getting the 
the government, you know, like California, involved in uh, a pretty much uh, a tech development and then uh, in a tech collaboration and a whole lot of uh, uh, pretty much uh, sub-technologies. That's where we are. You know, within institutions, yes, today, uh, I think uh, Nigerian youth are thriving by just, you know, ingenuity in their, in their genes. And um, we should support that. The leadership that I'm pretty much backing, you know, because you have, you have to either die for something or just, you know, leave a cow. Uh, don't think worry. If you have 150 cows since the time we were in secondary school, and there's still 150 cows till tomorrow, <laughs> that's not an enterprise at all. And uh, on the other hand, I've learned about the, uh, I read about the ranching, and everything is uh, uh, anchored in research and development and deployment. So right. if uh, mines are tapped from the uh, diaspora, uh, U.S. per se, those who've been, who've invested their life and energy in Nigeria to see what solution could be offered. And now coming out of here, it's pretty much still very offensive to stand up and defend uh, idiosyncrasy. You know, and then say we have a, there's no leadership. The whole thing is, the whole system is on life support. It's dead. <laughs> life support like a president is a life support. What do you think about that, bro? It's a life support, man. It's a life support. We need a of life support, man. I totally agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> okay, so it means you have that like you have on life support right now. They're barely living. The place doesn't mind. We need uh, entrepreneurial-minded, visionary-minded people to uh, pretty much start giving the dialysis the uh, treatment procedure. No, 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 Make something happen. <laughs> okay, Andrew, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got plug out of just calling the last few minutes. I was trying to get Roland to say something. I'm sure these are still the same crew from was your agenda i did, i'm gonna hit you guys a little harder even though he's still my man because anybody else better than this guy on life support that's taking everyone life support we used to be very active human beings rolling all over the place the most uh the, the strongest economy in africa uh the, the the country of choice for people to want to play with and now we're bad they say in another problem many years we go with the most hungry country so this is crazy so this guy be done. I would just want somebody else to just contribute to that. I'd be just holding on because I think yeah, but a little much more to bring back on the show. Let me just chat up with uh uh Kana Yachuku. Are you you want to say something on this? Hello. Man, everybody seems to be on life support. But share, what did you do to be the only man alive over there, man? <laughs> All your dudes are life support, man. 
how do you send some some guy there with some drink to give some people some some quick bag? And you want to say something, man? Are you on life support? Damn. Yo, I'm waiting for you to say something, bro. For sure. Come on, guys. You guys need some people, emergency truck to be running all over the place with packs of power, packs of blood. Yeah, I'm live. I'm live. Are you on? Okay, yeah, kind of you. Is it there? I'm live. Yeah. Yo, that's what I'm asking you. Are you on live support or something? Are you okay? Whoa. You see, that's a that's a culture challenge. You know, the telecom thing that uh we it's not live You know, it's it's a live yeah, yeah, that's why we're in Supreme yeah. Court. We're in Supreme yeah. Court because there's no I need do, uh, to yeah, do that in one form. The only guy that seems to have life over there, man. What's really going on, Bashir? Nobody's had life again over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You don't have to understand, man. You see, dude, you got a guy live. Where are you coming from? Are you Nigerian or not? Seems like you're probably in Niger. Yeah, I'm in Abuja. No, 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 no. no. no There's all that's have to be somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in the back. Okay, bro. This life support crime. How do we get Abuja? What kind of thing will get us out of life support? Because uh, it the economic part has to be strong, and this guy be yeah hit the ground running. It's not about coming there to make to complain like this guy in life support. I'm taking you guys all on life support. So what's <laughs> this guy bringing to the game that's gonna be different, bro? Let me know. Uh, sure. well, is that okay? Okay. Okay. Right, yeah, well, let Okay. Let me hear from these guys from life support because we may have to send emergency uh, plane to go there with with tons of drip to inject some people. Why are you gonna lose everybody? Come on, man, Bashir, what's up? You, Tell me. You, you see, the good thing about us this guy is going to hit the ground running. And the last caller made one very critical statement in which he said, "The good thing about Alonzo is that he has an entrepreneurship mindset." And you see, you need to understand the psychology of entrepreneurship. To understand how he operates, he operates out of the box, on out of the box, but yet impactful, resourceful results. So, what we are going to see moving forward, as soon as the campaign officially kicks off, the agenda of his administration are going to be innovation. And I can assure you, based on those points, the communication, as soon as they hit the government, those are what are going to be the steps they start implementing. It's not about talking. It's not about making fancy statements. It's about deliverables. It's about deliverables. And this is what an entrepreneurship mindset is all about. So we are fortunate to have an entrepreneur attempting this. Don't get me wrong. The task is daunting. It appears insurmountable. Right now, some of my guys are on support. But, but the result is there. We are all tired. We want a new fresh air. The youth, the youth are crying for enabling the environment. And you know and I know that the youth make a substantial percentage of the population and their youth and their digital 
Jews. So as it is right now, on, I'm going to be the learning points when they form the government. I cannot stipulate on those now. No time for that, but I can certainly, certainly assure you they're going to get hit the ground running. We're not going to waste months and months, months trying to get the cabinet ready. Not at all. Okay, let me let me let me come in there. Let me come in there, man. Because we, we have a whole lot of rebranding to do. We have a whole lot of misinformation to correct. If you go on the social media, you have a bunch of people which are now very, very sympathetic to this guy and life support, trying to brand the man article as a very, very, very corrupt guy. And uh, this is something that equally bothers me because um he can just step up there and change that picture. I know that because he will have to show a lot of interest in fighting corruption. And I know fighting corruption in Nigeria is not about chasing people around, traveling all over the world, calling Nigerians corrupt, or just making it look like when right inside your house, you can't even handle a bunch of people. Uh, Boucher, I have a hand up from this guy that I think uh, they just gave him some injection, so he's back up. Uh, his life support is uh, been activated. <laughs> so, Roland, what's up, my brother? How you doing? Yeah, good evening. Uh, Hello, good evening. Uh, stop. <laughs> you must have been energized from the last two <laughs> weeks. We sent him yeah. to yeah. because I believe there was a life support. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'll be trying to get connect soon. It's like the network has been bad here, but uh, thank you God. That's not a life support. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. Really, I think. I think. Really. I think. Hello. Yeah. You, go ahead. Are you okay? I think Bashir has really marshaled out some of the major points that are really, you know. Uh, Making you know, people like us to you know, Abubakar, you know. Okay. If you if you really follow the trends in Nigeria today, Nigeria has never been so divided like we are today, you know. And they will need a unified factor, a person who has the capacity to unify, to bring all ethnic, religious, and everybody together. You know, if you agree with me, you would know that Nigeria has been divided on ethnic and religious line by this government. You know, and Certainly. we cannot develop. There's no way we can develop in a situation like that. You know, if we're talking about development, development cannot come when people are not happy. When uh, some people felt that they are not being carried along, some ethnic, some um, uh, ethnic nationalities has been neglected in scheme of things. You look at the composition of the government today. You know, some part of the country, basically the, the southern part of the country has been neglected, you know, in appointment, in everything that has to do with government, you know. And there's no way we can continue like that as a nation. So we need somebody who I think we have the pedigree to bring people together, you know. He has done it before, you know, as a vice president. He has worked with people from all Ethnics, no, I from every tribe, man. That guy is an awesome guy, man. I wish you married from my that's a subject of discussion for another day. But I totally give him some heads up when it comes to his ability to equally spread 26 geographical areas to make sure that he has okay. a representative in house. That's awesome. Go ahead, bro. 
Yeah, so I'm just trying to, you know, reel out some of the some of the things that you know make people like us feel that a man, the man at Chico Abubaka is the right person at this at the moment. You know, first of all, we need somebody that will bring people together, that unify this nation, not somebody that will continue to divide us along. Along his main line, man. And this guy is not even regarding us as wrong. So that the destruction, total, is it life support situation? Is even in control of the power? This guy looks like he's not even there, man. Because I don't think, uh, <laughs> I hear you guys have Jubril in there. What's up with Jubril? What's going on with this Jubril stuff, man? Tell me a little bit, Bashir. Hello? You know, that sounds like your neck, bro. Jubril, what's up with Jubril, Bashir? <laughs> Jubril is a clown. <laughs> I mean, oh, I boy. Mean, Tell me a little bit about your brief, man. My brother, some of the things we're talking about don't be crying. I'm going to lie because you know if you cry. Now that happens, so you see me while I'm a whole country of very intelligent people, as smart as we claim to be. If you enter WhatsApp forum now, everybody is speaking from the man that he doesn't even have, even though he's on life support. He's letting you run you the know, country. What the heck is going on, guys? Hmm? Only speaking, if you ask me, my truth, Nigeria needs to be deprogrammed and reprogrammed with Nigerian spirit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let me be serious. I be you're hitting Nigeria, you guys no get spirit right now, no. That's, that, that's, that's, that's below the belt. But we see, my, uh, one thing I'm very comfortable is that um, we, anything, anybody else better than Buhari. But that's what they said again about Jonathan. So that equal makes me very uncomfortable because we all were looking up to anybody. Boy, we just came to find that Jonathan was, was e excellent compared to this guy on, on, on life support, which is not even making a telephone is on life support. Our airline is on life support. Uh, the is on life support. People being killed on Penway with no direction is on life support. Even Shimola is on life support. This is not no. a joke, guys. <laughs> what is the, the administration here? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Abby. The, the administration arrived dead on arrival. There was nothing. <laughs> there oh was my God. God. No, there was no blueprint. <laughs> nothing. It was dead in the Why don't talk about white print? You can talk about white print, man. You can talk about print. Oh, God of mercy. Man, so, okay, now let's get serious. Let's get serious. Uh, how can we get Atiku to win? Let's, let's be, okay, we've discussed all our problems. We've diagnosed the life support issue as because it's cut across the entire stratosphere of the country. There is nothing damn working right now. How do we help this guy to win? Right, Bashir. Right. Most importantly, those deficits that we recognize today are the factors that are going to be addressed. I mean, I say I have a problem, so what is the solution? So, right. forward in all the sectors, in all the sectors, efficiency, solutions for addressing.
them are going to be identified. Engagement steps are going to be notified. So it's not just about talking, talking, talking. No, it's identifying and providing solutions and engaging. And engage in interactive engagement. What I mean, interactive engagement, acknowledging, acknowledging that yes, we are working. So what I can assure you, in Coco, is this this team is going to st start making providing solutions before February 16th. Certainly, they are going to see solutions that are going to make differences by February 16th. How do we make how do we make article win? What contributions can Nigerians in Nigeria and Nigerians in diaspora do to make article to win this election? Because anything else better than this guy in life support, man. Shit. What we're doing, one, for example, one of what we're trying to do, what we're achieving right now, education, educating, providing information, insight. Because what we need at this point moment is reorientation. Let people realize the significance. What Nigerians in diaspora are doing that what you good gentlemen are reaching out to the global communities, to the local communities. Understand there's a defect. So understand that something needs to be done. We local team are making our effort sensitizing, reorienting. These are some of the strategies that we are holding. Even though you don't expect me at this moment, I can come and enumerate everything now, but the corner points, the key, the key step is education, sensitization, and reorientation through different platforms like what we're achieving today. Oh, my brother. I feel so sad when I hear some of this comment. That's why I think we should, we should get serious and stop laughing at ourselves because we're making a mockery of ourselves as Nigerians. And that we, as a group of Nigerians, cannot even come up with the leadership that will have the content and the and the direction, the vision to be able to lead Nigeria out of what it is. And I totally support a cause like you guys are chasing under the Waziri agenda because we have to step up the game. We need a leader that's going to change how we see ourselves. We need a leader that's not going to fly all over the world calling Nigerians corrupt. But that having been said, we in diaspora have so much stake in Nigeria. All of our families are there. We have to now sustain our families from here because they can barely get decent jobs and the political class itself and so irresponsive at all levels. But I give the currencyness some commendation because I think Nigeria for now will come back in history and appreciate what the Senate has done because I'm very close to that Senate. But that equally having been said, uh, we all need to now look back on how do we manage election processes, how do we improve election processes, how do we eliminate the potentiality of delivering 2.3 million votes when a place had 2.2 million votes registered. It means uh, <laughs> just like what, nothing changes because this same guy that is on life support has been able to be has been managing 150 cows 
for the past 10 years, and uh, apparently these cars are not just uh, the cars that are produced. At least Antigo has been able to put some serious investments on ground that employ tons of people. So, but we now have to step up our responsibility as citizens, because I sincerely believe that the Nigerian citizens have not done enough to push the threshold of proper leadership. And uh, that is why we have this forum. I wish I was going to have a bunch of your folks bringing in their perspective today on the show so we can actually think of where to go. We're in diaspora. We've bonded, we have uh, Waziru Frontiers, and uh, we equally have uh, Waziru OB uh, campaign organizations, of which I, I am very much attached to. And uh, we're doing a lot. Uh, we're, we're bringing serious technology to first of all impact this election and that same technology we intend to push it down as a major way of creating ultimate high paying jobs that you young people in Nigeria can actually even stay in Nigeria and, pro, and provide this, this workforce to countries all over the world. So I am, we are more passionate but, uh, because I still believe that um, the, the diaspora of Nigerian origin living in all these countries have added a lot of value, have learned a lot of new new ways of life. They've really worked hard to sustain their, their lives and uh, they have a lot to offer Nigeria. And if only the Nigerians will appreciate that because we have a bunch of politicians who think that uh, they're better than everybody. Meanwhile, they barely have, they, they can't even manage their own homes. So uh, the whole issue of, of leadership comes across the last channel of the class. But uh, I have uh, the Galaxy Chief, uh, the guy that provided this platform for us to be able to do what we're doing, of which uh, we are extremely very grateful for on the show. And uh, I wanted him to just listen a little bit. I don't know if we had that part of some of our leaders, especially the main guy being on life support, and this is affecting every other part of the country. The Galaxy Chief, yeah, now, now. Uh, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm cool, brother. I'm cool. Happy to be on your show today. <clears throat> I didn't do my show yesterday, and I and, uh, wanted to save my energy to participate with you today, man. So. Let's just knock them out. Let's move forward and uh, let's see if we can solve the problems of the world, man. Awesome, man. The one, the problem in Nigeria, my brother, is, uh, is a problem that uh, we first of all have to get off life support because uh, if you have a leadership that is on life support, then decisions are going to be hanging for a long time before it could actually even be attended to. So uh, we have a very peculiar situation. I know you're very passionate about Nigeria, and that's mm -hmm. a country you visited a couple of times, and that's why I even call you Double Chief because uh, not a lot of African American brothers out here uh, knows how much you know and how much you look into Nigeria to see how it could improve. Mm -hmm. But I have a group that actually wanted to be on the show, they call well, the guy that is, uh, is, is working hard to be the next president of America. I have a set of young men, they're not young because most of them are, are contemporary ages, but just start in Nigeria, the youth starts at 40. And uh, at 65, uh, you can still be a youth depending on uh, what side of the brain you're thinking from. So uh, they offer to, I will offer their perspective and their principle 
what he was going to be able to bring to change the narrative of the country, Nigeria, with over 2 million people. And I'm pretty excited to have Bashir uh, putting up uh, the manifesto, uh, the capacities he sees in the principle. Uh, but I just want to ask you, Bashir, um, how can we hold leadership in Nigeria accountable? The beauty, the beauty of genuine leadership exemplifies and exhibits itself in servant leadership. Servant leadership. Servant leadership provides the opportunity for accountability. Now, transparency also comes into place. You see, taking a cue from what I said earlier, solutions are going to be further before February 16. Now, accountability, accountability is making comments, making commitments, providing platform for monitoring, providing platform for engagement. All this infrastructure that I can assure you are going to form part of the alleged article administration is going to make not only accountability, but feedback, feedback to the administration on the yearnings and the feelings and the impact that the policies are having on them. So I don't see it as accountability, but rather I see it more as feedback, a feedback process, a feedback infrastructure. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, let me ask you a very critical question. You're speaking so well about yes. this guy. You seem to have a lot of knowledge about this guy. And uh, we know that uh, politicians are always very, very accessible before they are given the mandate of leadership. But the day they are being given the mandate of leadership, from that day, uh, the security operative takeover. And uh, I know you're not a very bulky guy. By the time you try to reach out to this, uh, to the man you're talking so well about and all the ideas you think he's going to bring to the table, you never reach him to be part of discussing with him. What is your contacts, your group contacts, and do you have that conduit that you can put the feedback we're talking about, the the proposal of good approach to delivering value. What's what's your kind of relationship with uh, this man? Are you from Damawa or you you working with his? Uh, you know, obviously, must have married one of those from your own geographical expression. Is that what you're working <laughs> <on> to? <laughs> 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 Thank you. 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 Thank because right now, by the time my Baba got there, as the other room uh, became where you built a pretty house. I was thinking, okay. Room. Okay. That <laughs> so, I mean, let me just yeah. ask for this. I go, oh, I have my man just to sign up. I'm going, some guy that has awesome perspective all the time on the show. I go relate with him. So, now that it is Bashir, please, how do we keep relationship with people who want to take power? Nigeria is crazy. Everybody's power drunk. Everybody has police. 
you don't have police, you cannot talk to a man with police. And some people have more police than others, so their police will now disappear when the other man comes. So that's the place that uh, I think we need to sit back and write a book like Harvard just did. How do you keep this feedback to and from this government, if I school wins? Fantastic. You see, the beauty of what the global economy is evolving into is that it is technology enabled. So now, this feedback infrastructure I'm referring to is not just an infrastructure that is going to be accessible locally. We're looking at a situation where feedbacks can be gotten from as far as away. But you see, these are solutions that are going to come up, not solutions that are dedicated. When we're going to say, okay, we are going to be the sole backbone for developing an infrastructure that provides feedback. No, what we're saying is we're going to provide the idea of this particular system. The government, by being what it is, is going to provide the enabling environment for talented ideas to create solutions that can provide social economic development, which one of these represents. So right now, right now, I can categorically tell you this is A, B, C on this infrastructure. But I can assure you the issue of the principal being a, a, a VIP now, accessibility, we don't even need that. What we need is the ability to create an enabling environment, have the right people to understand the vision of this question, and let us deal with them. And here you have an infrastructure that provides input back and forth. So that's what we need. That's just what we need. It's, it's going to be a new face of government, unlike what we see and what we've been seeing. Awesome. Uh, Bashir, I totally appreciate your contribution anyway, but I wish you had that magic wand that could keep it going. The way we're talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we don't have to stay positive already. We have life support. You don't have to drop that, but we don't have life support. I don't believe in hope. You know, in Nigeria, we don't believe in hope. You know? I have my brother here, Professor, Associate Professor from West Point. My brother, how are you doing, Chief Okosi? Uh, King Coco, thank you so much. Uh, I'm doing great. And uh, hello to Bashir. Hello to Ibi and hello to the rest of the radio hello. show. Nice to meet you. Also, my brother. Uh, you just joined Hello. us, but I'd like to play back a little bit of what just transpired. IB just uh, identified that um, we have a government that is uh, on live support. Uh, a bunch of my friends that called in from Nigeria, and uh, when I was trying to connect to them to get their perspectives, uh, all of them seem to actually be on live support. And to be honest with you, uh, only Bashir has survived the situation and is still here. And I thank God for him because uh, I provided some injection earlier before the show started. So we could get on life support just to last long enough for the show. But uh, so we have a country that's on life support. The president's on life support. The, uh, the party that is running the government is actually even more on the life <laughs> support than it was. <laughs> because right now, <laughs> the party <laughs> from one of the ESCC said, 
the chairman has a foreign direct investment in some uh, weather stripper that he got from uh, <laughs> from and decided to brand the stripper as the first lady. Well, we've been, we've been talking a whole lot of crap. So now the, the governors uh, are saying that they gave him money. Uh, my brother, the story that is out there, I want to share this with you guys. Uh, Shimole uh, was interrogated last week for eight hours, and uh, the minute he sneaked out of there, he took his uh, foreign dark investment, which is the, the white stripper she had, and disappeared. <laughs> and now, as he disappeared, another major player, Okorocha, just showed up and said, listen, guy, you can't disappear with my 400 million bucks that I paid to make my son-in-law the governor, you know? And that just got uh, Oshomole very angry uh, because he decided to just fly back, but he left his foreign direct investment in a safe place because Korcha was one part of eyeing that part of the investment too. So he ran back to Nigeria today and told Okorocha, okay, all of you governors that are now complaining about me, you guys should now refund all the millions I gave you to make me chairman of the party. And you are just paying back the millions and you're not telling me that you paid money. So the drama, I don't think it's just added. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, my brother, we have a serious problem. In, these are people that are fighting corruption. These are people that claim integrity. Like now you have my governor, Governor Pavio as one of the most governors with high level of integrity, no corrupt man. So is is very, very serious. What can diaspora do to change the way things are done politically, economically, uh, project delivery in Nigeria. I know you are. That is where you are. Uh, thank you so much, uh, King Koko. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to be one-on-one uh, -on, -one on this show. The questions that are being asked, uh, the uh, line of thought uh, that uh, we've uh, um, been taken all this uh, week. Uh, on the question you've asked, I have said it over and over on this show, and I would like to um, put it back up there again. The very big fundamental question that we have to always ask ourselves, I always mention, you don't have to answer it to my hearing. You can just get into your room, ask yourself that question, and answer is, if I am given that portfolio, if I am given that chance, if I am in that corridor of power, what would I do differently? Give yourself an right. answer, uh, and then uh, we can start to talk and have a public discourse. I run a company here in the United States. I have to source the income. I have to provide the labor. I have to satisfy the client that happens to be the US government. No doubt about that, above and beyond, before I get paid. Can I do the same thing to the government of Nigeria if I'm given the chance, or will I have to use a different standard? If you and I can deliver that, not as in government, but as even someone that the government wants to hire to deliver service, at that point, we are now qualified to run the government ourselves. When ordinary people cannot deliver to their country, why would we expect those running the country to deliver? And so that has been the fundamental problem we seem to have. And we can say all we want. We can argue all we want. Uh, PMB was flawed from the beginning. I had said it to my friends and they hated me for it. Uh, the thing that you cannot put in an old skin. It is not a new thing. It is something we had known. This man was an old skin already dethroned. 
and we celebrated the world. And now we on what we've got. So uh, we, want to, we want to try Atiku now. Bashar is probably arguing in favor. But Atiku is also an old skin, and we want to put a new one in it. So we, 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 we seem to not learn from history. We seem to not uh, be willing to try something new. I, know, I studied from Amado Bello University. They are bright and brilliant northern elders and leaders. In their 43s, nothing. Uh, I am bigger than 43, so maybe I'm not qualified. But let's look for uh, uh, Hausa Fulani, 43 years old, who has medium history in leadership and bring him to take us from where we are to success. You can't tell me that we don't have such a child somewhere in Kano or somewhere in Sokoto. I'm willing to support that. Why do we have to go and bring a 79 year old who claims to be a 63? And install the person, and then they cannot take a walk. They can't cough. No, 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 my brother, let me just say, oh, you just talk about a walk. This guy took a 100 meter walk when he came back from life support, <laughs> and he became a very successful endeavor. <laughs> he became a very successful endeavor. I've never seen a place like this. You see, well, I was just trying to give you what just transpired in last one week with a bunch of hooligans, a bunch of never-do-wells. Oshimole, I have a picture of him as a factory worker, and I, I want to put that back to them. If you see this guy as a factory worker, he will hate anybody that went to school because he just <laughs> looks like a guy that will barely make up to be a gay man, but that's the man that runs the party. And you expect <laughs> him to bring me that yes. crazy brain. Where did you bring yes. the brain from? Yes, so, so King Coco, I want to support my northern brothers and sisters. I want to be a part of this one Nigerian movement. I want to be a part of Nigeria for all. But let's uh, be very practical and be able to sow a seed that can last at least for four years. Whether from Sokoto or Adamawa or Meduguri or Kanu or Kaduna or Katsina. Let us be able to send the best of our best to show us the way. If we cannot afford that in a quibum, let's check it in rivers. The, the, the sectional politics and regional politics that we have propagated has landed us where we are. I'm pretty sure that there is no one from Washington who is going to come to redeem us. There is no one in from Shanghai who is going to come to redeem us. It is left for us to be able to figure this out and sort it out. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your contribution, my brother. You are still on one-on-one -on -one with King Coco Show, running on Galaxy Talk Radio from the family of T25CL.com. It's a platform that provides streaming, provides music for sale, provides a 24-7 radio platform. You need to tune into it, support the platform in any way you can. It's offered to us as a platform for collaboration to help integrate. Mr. Correct misinformation of 200 years about people of African descent. But we are deciding to put some very premium time on Nigeria, being a 200 million group of people, the biggest black nation and the richest, with the most diverse uh, culture and ethnic um, affiliation bonded together by some strange reasons. We're even lucky that the country is still standing strong despite its differences. 
Uh, we have one of his popular saying uh, in Nigeria that says unity in diversity or strength in diversity. That's the subject of discussion for another time. But I've had a lot of input here that I want to throw to the house. I want us to share slightly some perspective. But uh, Zika, I want to just have one point from you, first of all. Atiku, as the next president of Nigeria, what's your take on that? Uh... Again, thank you very much, Okinkoko. Um, I will go back to those popular sayings. I think they are providing a lot of wisdom to us. They said they say that half bread is better than none. <laughs> I think. No, 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 <laughs> so I think uh, Atiku surely will be better than the status quo. In my own um, assessment, from my point of view, from my um, you know proximity, and the reason I have said so is that we we need, if nothing else, we need the ability to articulate a point. We need the ability to host a conversation. Uh, we need the ability to talk. Politics is the game of talk. Uh, it's a game of, uh, you know, personality. When, when, when my president here and commander-in-chief here uh, stands up to talk, whether you like him or not, at least you can see his voice. Uh, it makes some people proud. So we need that. And I, I think Atiku is a firebrand. I think he's been in politics for a while. He runs his own company. Uh, I have not reviewed his profile completely. So I think um, on that front, have bread is better than none. Uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to sectional politics, um, uh, he he has a, a constituency to cater to. I think the Northern Elders will require of him uh, to normalize the situation we have in Northeastern Nigeria, the so-called Boko Haram insurgency. Uh, so maybe he can appeal to that constituency. Uh, oh, the, the, the Boko Haram, the all Nigerian army now. Bro. If you're not aware, yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, it, it, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it needs political prowess to bring uh, dissent to a halt or to a calm. And I think you need a true politician who understands why Nigerians are rightfully so furious about the status quo. I think in the last 30 years, most of our children are allowed to fend for themselves in motor parks and in um, uh, in begging schools up north. I finished from Amado Bello, as I have mentioned, and that is not right. If uh, we've had a presidency from any areas of uh, Nigeria, I think the northern part has benefited a lot, producing so many leaders. Our northern brothers and sisters should not resort to the status quo. They should be able to live in dignity, acquire education, and serve uh their country that has not happened and that's why we have the insurgency of north so atiku may be able to address that uh, at some point whether he will be able to prove himself to be a true nigerian and a patriotic one i think uh, ibb can give you an answer uh if uh, bacha was still alive he could tell you this area that we fail atiku has a chance to make and remake his own image that can live long and maybe longer when you have this sort of position, you have to think about what posterity would say of you. And we all know what posterity is saying today about uh, presidents like IBB, like uh, 
uh, Abacha and uh, Enesionekon and the rest. These were men who came in and promised the country will move faster, will jump and hop. And we staying stagnant till date. Uh, it's a shame. <laughs> I know it's a shame, my brother. It's a big shame that Nigeria, with all its capacity in terms of the kind of wealth of knowledge, the capacity in terms of wealth of resources, is still being led by some barely blinded, barely eyed, open-eyed human beings, some that are even living on, on life support. It's really, really <laughs> crazy and sad to actually be part of such an enclave. But... Uh, like we say, hybrid is better than none, but uh, hybrid might not be a bunch of us, but now we, have, we deserve a full bread. So my brother, I'll take that back. Article uh, based on what I think and I support, I'm honest with you, I'll stick on him any day. He has shown proven capacity in terms of economics, in terms of education, in terms of articulation, and he's highly articulated too. So I totally understand where you're coming from, but I equally want to give him an understand some chance. And uh, so I want us to be able to work with him and see how, but we must equally put up the checks and balances so we can be sure that uh, he will be able to have some basic parameters of evaluation that we could say, okay, uh, we're not trying to look for another half bread, being better than another bread. Uh, tomorrow, because that's even what happened four years ago. Anything <laughs> but Jonathan today, we really had nothing from Jonathan. You know? <laughs> it's really, really messed up. So I have some input here from uh, from my brothers uh, that's going to ask some questions. Are Africans in America that are descendants of slaves and Africans, are they one and the same? This is just a little bit taking us away from from our typical discussion. I'm just responding, and this is from Double Chief, the Galaxy Chief himself. But share, uh, I would like you to answer a question for us. Uh, being in the continent of Africa, uh, African Americans and people of African descent and Africans, I wish you the same. Be straight up on this. Let's just hear your perspective on it. Uh, uh, hang on. Before you go to Bisha, I would like to weigh in on that. Okay, okay, take that, take that. Because the way internet is based on shared experience and having an opportunity to work in the other um, definition uh, perimeter. So, uh, African and African Americans are just classification that who classified us we have to check from there who's creating all this division we have to look from that perspective to be able to understand that the only thing that separates us is the geographic region and the orientation but the original orientation of an african human being would always still remain so wherever you travel or wherever a journey takes us, like being here in America, I classify myself as an African-American, but having sucked my mom's breast on the other side of the Atlantic, it's just the culture, which culture does differ. The, and then for me, that definition, uh, you could look at it in several ways and from my own perspective, look at who's an Idilio and who's a Fulani. 
and how it plays out on the ethnic and uh, cultural uh, boundaries. We have too many boundaries, but here it's just African-American, but in an African, we have a whole lot of uh, diverse cultures and geographic locations. So I think by gene and DNA, we are one and the same ten packs because you can substitute a gumbo for for pepper soup when it comes to coronary arts and then chicken. Right. Okay, for some of the uh, uh, go back home. So it's the same group of individuals making do with what they find available in abundance in certain geographic locations and being classified by whosoever I don't know. So we kind of divide, you know, the classification and all that stuff and know that they will love each other the same. We love ourselves. And then we've been taken advantage of from both sides of the Atlantic. So that's my definition of it and uh, based on experience. Let me let me just take on a, a different perspective to the Bashir. You understand what subject are uh, people we call African Americans, the people that left the shores of Africa thirty four hundred years ago. Obviously the environment has got some impact from them. But between me and you, you are my brother still in the continent of Africa, talking out of Apuju Tarainan. Do you think that black people all over the world, African Americans in particular, are the same? like we Africans. And if not, what do you think is a difference? Which as we bet all, let's just talk about this. I mean, Chinkoko, you rephrase the question any way you choose to, but the answer that was just narrated spells it out. It just spells it. It's, it's practically the same everywhere. You can't, you can't add or take from that. It's applicable in Text. It's just the question that you can rephrase. Anyway, I'll put I'll put the statement. It will still contain such information and be eloquently narrated. I can add to anything more than what you said. Awesome. We're still hanging on to one on one with King Coco. We've been talking here for the past ninety minutes, and uh, it's an awesome time. Very explicit. It's fun. It's entertaining. We're all having fun talking about stories that come out of Nigeria and the prospects of having the next leadership that will bring vision and correct the ills of the past years of governance in Nigeria. And I totally have a lot of insight into the man called Atiku. I've done my own personal research on him since I decided to, to, to work for him. And today we're aware of some part of Nigeria that lives in life support. And we're aware that uh, the half bread is better than none. Uh, but we don't just want the whole issue of We don't want the issue of Jonathan with a life support worry. And now we're hearing stories of the real, which is very, very interesting. Only in Nigeria, all these things can happen, man. And they happen like nothing happened. Today we have a guy called the real. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 King Coco. I wanted to chip in that before I forget. You know, Jibril uh, and PMB uh, paradox is not new. Uh, we had uh, one uh, congressman, uh, I think, out of Florida. I think they are twins. I think he was a mayor at the time. Uh, IB. You can check uh, check my records. I think I should have uh, uh, brought his name up. 
he he was about to attend a function as the mayor of the city and he decided i think mayor of san antonio and he decided to send okay, his yeah. yeah his twin brother uh, to stand in and and folks were able to uh, know the difference that that wasn't the mayor uh, taking the salute it was indeed the brother so man uh, this thing happens <laughs> it happens everywhere you just made us know that we are such dumb ass people they can't even know the difference because you really from sudan <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted you to know that yeah, other politicians elsewhere have thought about that and, and they have actually gone to let me let me uh, tell you why let me tell you why I believe Jubril is real. I don't know, I might be wrong, but I, I played devil's advocate. You see, Buhari had been a president of Nigeria, and part of the decoy that we always use as a security measure is always have a double. And I have seen one picture lately that came out that I saw the real Buhari in front and the double right behind him. I don't know if you guys ever saw that that picture too. And so, oh, and yeah, Buhari, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aisha, right. Aisha has now left the other room because he's not sure, guy, again, <laughs> if it's the PMB is in the other room. You know? <laughs> And <laughs> the priest went to Nigeria with his second hand wife, the, the Camilla, and uh, Aisha refused to share with Jubril, which further tells us that there's something not right in the whole arrangement. But you know, because of how selfish Nigerians are and the northern factor, Jaradwa came and died, and they tried the place of Hungry Anki Panky, but he was dead. So there was not much they could do. So I suspect that people could do something <coughs> crazy like this. And Jubril has refused to remove his hat, his cap. Since Jubril came, people have told Jubril, please remove your hat and cap for head. Let's see what's up. And Jubril now just went and had a record cap by scraping the whole thing. So uh, Bashir, this is all really your brothers. We no intend to be biased. Tell me about Jubril. Yeah. Please. What do you think about this Jubril guy? Jibril, in the simplest word I can use, is a clown. He's a, a clown. <laughs> the, the, I don't know, really, to be honest, that's the simplest word I can use is, just, is a clown. It's, it's, an it's an entertainment that is serving as a political, as a political drama. I mean, that is really uh, If you call Jibril a clown, uh, what we look call Daura and those who that set up the whole game plan because Jerel is just an actor, and I think he's not a clown. He's acting perfectly well. He's able to fold us because right here a twin brother showed up and people knew it was a twin brother. But till today, only Nam the Kano knows that this is Jubril. And me and you were still arguing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a problem there. You know, Double Chief. Let me just hear from Double Chief, my brother. Uh, I understand this Jubril discussion. Double Chief, how are you doing, bro? Oh, I'm cool, man. I'm enjoying this discussion. And I love hearing from the brotherhood and, and uh, our brother, of course, I love hearing from him. I love his laugh, too, man. So it's all good. <laughs> and good to hear from our brother Bashir as well. I didn't quite understand his response. Can can you elaborate on what he said uh, about the differences between us here who were born uh, of the descendants of slaves? 
Jabril, this is my brother, Double Chief. He's very passionate about relationship about people of color. He's very passionate about African-Americans building bonds with people of African continent. And that is a lot of them out there <clears throat> have been out for that long. You know, there's something about Africa. He wants to know, do Africans see themselves as the same as African-Americans? You are living in Nigeria. Tell me or tell him, what do you think? Even though he said, uh, IB had said it all. That is a diplomatic answer, a political one indeed. Even you and Jibril might not be very different in acting. So please, tell us, what do you think about the person? How do people see, how do we see each other? I'm going to tell you my own mind. I already double chief knows that. Go ahead, bro. Well, quite frank, the perspective of an African American, uh, an African in particular, a Nigerian, is has a has a alien, we'll say, uh, alien. Uh, what's the right word to use? Uh, Feel to it. Now, a typical Nigerian recognize an African American as an African, right? However, the orientation, the orientation within the cultures has impacted in seeing the history that binds both, both, uh, both, uh, both, both individuals. The, that culture forms a segregation. An Nigerian recognizes an African American as an African American, but recognition as an African, the way he, he the way he sees a Cameroonian, and the way he sees an African American, there is disparity, and this disparity only exists as a result of the cultural orientation in which he has grown up to, and the interaction. Don't yeah. say too much. You've nailed it perfectly well. The way the Nigerian guys see a Cameroonian, see a Kenyan, is almost exactly the same way we see an African American. Is that am I right? Well, not exactly, but there are variations. He sees a Cameroonian or a Kenyan more as an African because the, the culture. Culture, the orientation, right. the background there. He, more, he relates more with him than an American, African American, because of the, the disparity in culture, the disparity in the way of life, identifying, but in heart, in heart, he actually accepts that this is his brother, but in identifying with way of life, a way of living, tradition, culture, that is what makes the distinction. There is more of a inferiority complex within his brother because that knowledge that uh superior culture a superior superior orientation uh makes him <coughs> realize that there's some level of there's level of backwardness within him this is the true fact as it is but probably a kenyan a cameroonian they see themselves on the same footing but everything everything is tied to the cultural orientation, the tradition, the 
which they have evolved in. That is my perspective. That is how awesome. I perceive the interaction. Okay, cool. Okay, Chief, go ahead. Chief, respond to that, yeah. but I have a, somebody want to contribute to that, Chief. Go ahead, Chief. Okay, and, and one thing I want to say is the last time I was in Nigeria when I was getting interviewed by a brother, Valerity, who was a writer uh, down there, and we were having our discussion, and I said to him, the same blood that flows through your veins flows through mine, and that damn near stopped the interview. He said, oh, no, 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 no. We are definitely different people. We are not one of the same. And then on one of my uh, Galaxy talk shows that I did, one of the very first ones, and I had uh, uh, my boy on from Kenya, another uh, brother from uh, Malawi. These are the United Nations uh, Youth Development Ambassadors and my friend Pat from uh, Nigeria. All of them were on, and I imposed that same question <clears throat> to them. Are we one of the same? Um, they didn't really want to answer the question. They all wanted to be polite, but I forced them to answer the question, and all three of them said, no, we are not the same people. You see what I mean? And, you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, even anyway, let me take one more perspective because I want to share my own contribution in that. What do you want to say about that? See your hands up. Uh, thank you so much, one-on-one uh, -on -one with King Coco. Uh, I, I, I would have woken up from my dead bed not to be surprised by the answer Brother IB had provided. I would have recognized that that would be and is his answer. And I just want to tell you uh, in this audience <clears throat> that you've got to work with an African-American to know the beast you are working with. Exactly the same poise, exactly the same love, exactly the same construct, man. It, like I said on this radio show, take a brother home, have a meal with a brother, do a potluck, uh, taste a cigarette if you can, have a drink you will get to understand a brother very far beyond and you would be thankful that he's here when you cheat a brother when you betray that brother I, I, and, and, and he'll tell you and he'll be mad and no one loves it Ivy has worked with a lot of these brothers and sisters and so have i and so have most of us if you have not interacted that deep with a brother from here, I don't think you could really pass a judgment. They are just as sweet. Right. I mean, our sisters are just as good from here. So the, the, the answer IB gave was, look at who is sowing this division. Look at where this category is coming from and ask yourself, why? Somebody wants to tell you that someone from Louisiana, a black dude from Louisiana is different than from Washington State. How can you believe that? Is it because of the food that he eats or the accent? So my, my take is this. I know the love I have from my brothers. I know the love I share with my sisters. Believe me, not in a blink of an eye would I say that I'm any different or they are any different than I am. 
we are hated the same way we are strong the same way we run the, uh, with the same speed um we ought to redefine what we want our children to know or to be whether we want them to fulfill the promises of uh, uh <clears throat> dr martin Luther king that we should be able to hold hands and stand side by side with our white counterparts and feel tall you know we've been taught that back in african continent that's why we come here standing tall our brothers have not been taught that they were told that they are not as good we ought to come in and tell them no you are so that is the message we want to convey because what they've been told has been nothing but brainwashing we got a different message that's why we came in you know shining but they shine too you just gotta tell them bro you are shining can't you see well you know you know, Brother Kosi, you know, the, the governments definitely don't want us working together. And I would probably say definitely the government of America probably does not want uh, you and I working together and getting an understanding. See, see, like, you see, I can speak. See, you guys are, are born free, a free people. And, and I wasn't necessarily here in America. And what I mean by that is because the lineage of where I came from here. Uh, my great-great-grandfather and great-great-grandmother were both slaves. And matter of fact, uh, that was just on my father's side and the same thing on my mother's side as well. And you can see the pictures of, of my grandparents that were slaves um, on my website at T25CL on the Galaxy Talk Radio on, on my show. That's why I keep their pictures there as an honorarium of what they did to sacrifice. And I know people often defer to uh, people who made sacrifices here like Martin Luther King or, or Elijah Muhammad and, 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 uh, and Frederick Douglass, whoever, but these people who were, because I was just looking at that film the other day, Amistad, I've looked at it a few times. And I recommend people to see that film to see what not Americans went through but what the Africans went through, I mean, you guys and your family lineage um, and what happened to your relatives that were taken away from their families and, and by some misfit chiefs and some brothers who betrayed you as well to sell you off for a few kobos to send you over here. And then on a way over here, if they start running short on food and water, they were throwing Africans over the boat and then over the, the boat over the boat yeah. to, to yeah. keep the boat and, 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 and i cried yeah. yep feeding africans to the to the sharks and then when you get to america that's when all of you guys that are africans that's when you were converted into the negro see that's what i'm a descendant of is the is the Negro, and when they convert us, once they put us, made us a Negro, then they converted us to Christianity, the Western European version of Christianity, which has nothing to do with the history of East Africa whatsoever. It was a construct that was created so that we would always worship them as a white god, and so if that trick is still worship is working here to this very day and even with the diet that was given to us during slavery on those damn slave plantations and and sleeping 
in rooms that may be six by six feet long is just in some of the most hard conditions and and feeding us pig feet pig ears uh, uh, the damn chitlins where the shit comes through they would take that and give it to us but but you know what even with us we were taught how to survive that you can even make a a, a funky ass shit smelling chicken gut uh, a pig gut being made good you know with the various seasonings and things that they that, that, that they put on it and even they they would feed us the damn uh, collard greens but what they would do is eat, give us the juice they ate the greens but the juice had all the nutrients in it and next thing you know the slaves got big muscles and all this stuff and Next thing you know, the, the slave master said, wait, man, how come these slaves getting so big? They brought in a doctor, said, why are these uh, slaves getting so ripped and so buff? What you feeding them? We feeding them green juice. He said, you idiots, that's got all the damn nutrients in it. That's why they're getting so buff. <laughs> 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 and, 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 so, and, and, and so after we were emancipated in 1865, here in this country, when uh, we were no longer uh, uh, slaves, even though the slave trade, they were still kidnapping us, the Europeans, particularly the Spaniards, as much as as far as 1880. And so, Chief, uh, Chief, that, I'm not calling you shot. You know, I have one guy that just come on the forum. I probably want to hear from him a little bit. Uh, we have to set up a show of folks from all over Africa. Africa, so we can share this knowledge because, like Sika, uh, of course, he just said, we are not different in any way. We must first of all get close to each other to appreciate the fact that no matter how much they try to distort our content, when you get close to an African brother, be it in America or there, you go and still find that natural instinct, that natural content of being black. Automatic. Automatic. Right. Right. So I'm sure we're going to have a show on this subject. And it's something that really bothers you a lot. And I'm going to find a way to set something up on that. But I just had my man just come on board. I don't know if uh, Uche wants to contribute something. Uh, we're almost rounding up because we're running to the two hours time slot for the show. Uh, but sure, I wanted to just give us a rundown on uh, how we can support Atiku as diaspora because we poised up to put, bring everything to the table to support anybody that could bring the change you want. Beautiful. By right. consistently participating in efforts like this, by providing insights in terms of how to build capacity through professional advisory, and by equally preparing platform for integration with the new government because of that will see joint collaboration leading to private sector participation for investment. So these are some of the avenues we believe the diasporans can contribute. Technology transfer and importantly, integrity, integrity, strong moral values that has been the impediment Great country we live in, with such benefit, with local motivation, we believe there will be uh, movement in the right direction. 
and be sustainable. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome talking with you guys. I'm so excited. I'm always fun. IB, Double Chief, Okosi, and all those that couldn't stay to the end of the show. I feel so excited being part of this discussion. I keep bringing this challenging topic so we can actually break it down as much as we can so we can understand each other much more and rather than collaborating. Uh, Nigeria is going to get better, and we are so positive that uh, half bread is better than none. We're going to get ourselves from 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 uh, live live uh, what do you call live what whatever state uh, we cannot keep have government that lives on life support anymore. So uh, I wish you guys the best. Uh, I wish Abubakar Tiku the best, and I pray that God will give wisdom and the vision to be able to direct the affairs of a country as great as Nigeria, so we can actually achieve a greatness. Once again, thank everybody uh, very well for being on the show, one on one with King Coco. Uh, thank you for Galaxy Chief for being part of the show and the sensitivity and the aspect you brought on the show today. It's something to have to look at and create two hour session so we can bring people from different perspectives so we can break it down because about misinformation is about what we don't know and like I say is actually what we don't do that hurt us. We are out to make the change. Your platform is ready. You can only expand. We ain't going to shrink beyond what it is. Uh, so uh, I keep it real. I wish Nigeria the best. I wish you make the right choices and get up life support. And uh, Bashir, thank you for personally spending two hours on the show. You always an excitement to talk to. You sound more American than even me, even when you are back at home. And you see, that's just what Nigeria is. Because we are we are the people that brought 60% of the population of African Americans that had involvement in the transatlantic slave trading because uh, the most of them came from West of Africa. And West of Africa, Nigeria, for every person in West Africa, Nigeria contribute two or three. So obviously, 60% of people here that cause African-Americans might have been descendants of the Nigerian heritage itself. I thank you guys for spending time. I want to encourage you guys. Let's go talk to people. Let's go talk about a tickle. Let's see its potential. Let's highlight the fact that uh, half bread is better than none. We ain't got no bread right now. So we can as well forget niggas on, on life support and try to get people that are living. Thank you, Double Chief. Thank you, Boucher. Thank you, Ivy. I appreciate you guys on any time of the day. I want you guys to keep hanging with us. We started a journey. We ain't going to stop till we get to the treasure. Have a good night, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Right. Got you, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.